0: Happy Wednesday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Rocketeer Minute where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of tvdads.com.
1: And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin.
0: And we're kind of batching it today. (laughs) We are indeed. We're, we're (laughs)
1: We're without adult supervision.
0: We have had a, a bunch of great. Uh, I really appreciate all the different guests that come in from all kinds of walks of life, and uh, we've learned so many things. Uh, so I thought we could just kind of regroup here for a minute and uh, and discuss one of these minutes by our by our lonesomes. It's a very busy minute. I got gotta admit, we've had uh, Eddie's boys show up, and uh, they're starting to throw their muscle around. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Millie's Little Diner, and starting with by destroying the radio.
1: Right. Puts around right through the radio. Yeah. Which is always a nice way to walk into a room make an entrance.
0: <laughs> fine, how do you do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was just wondering, that's a 1911? That's a it's a, like a 38 or? Uh, that'd be a
1: 45. 45. Yeah, so, so, 45 ACP. So, your, your basic World War II uh, U.S. sidearm, manufactured mainly by Colt, started, they call it the 1911 because it was. Manufactured first in 1911. To be honest, I don't even know when they stopped manufacturing. You still buy sort of reproductions and things today, but it just—it's—it's uh, it's still going strong. There's still there's still a lot of them still out there.
0: Doesn't seem to bother Jeff too much that he's sort of in the crossfire and downrange from his partner there. <laughs> right? It's a a bit of a. Well,
1: I, I think when you you go to work for Eddie Valentine, you uh, you know you sign up for a certain amount of certain relaxing of the rules
0: yeah well especially when jeff's had jeff has this very poor trigger protocol there right um looks like he's about to take the uh brim of his hat off at the exactly. same time the two of them if you go to right at the ver- that very first moment of this minute they both seem to be mid squint <laughs> it's interesting that when
1: the radio gets it uh he's not even really aiming He's not even really looking where he's shooting. He's no. uh, actually, you see, in the in the second or so after that, he's maintaining eye contact with Peavy and Cliff, which is kind of a, which I guess makes him a little bit cooler. So yeah, he just you know, I'm going to stare at you, what shoot over there and hit the radio. While my, y- yeah, if while my were, boys laugh.
0: If he were going to be a uh, super cool, he would have uh, held it a little bit flatter, so it kind yeah. of has has right. it at right angles to the floor. <laughs> They're all uh, smirking and see what see what we did now. Boy, they've all got their fingers on the triggers. <laughs> They all do,
1: and that's something. That's one of the first things back in my law enforcement days that that was absolutely drilled into us. And I get all, I get all antsy when I see uh, cops in movies and TV doing that same thing. And and for us, that index finger that stays 100 percent absolutely straight until you are committed and you are going to pull the trigger and shoot. And so to see these guys running around with their fingers now, granted, these are the bad guys. Yeah. So we were taught to err on the side of not shooting and you know gangsters uh, probably have a very different set of rules
0: yeah although you know i would think spanish johnny without even looking grabs pv and throws him into a guy right into the guy behind him right. who has his finger on the trigger and is trying to stand up straight while holding <laughs> onto his pistol so yeah it's just not a not a good uh not a good safety protocol yeah, just not a lot of discipline yeah yeah, so and we are looking also at uh, how well dressed these guys are. They've all everybody's got button down shirts in this. There isn't a t shirt to be found. You know, Peavy's got on his uh, Spanish Johnny, and uh, that's not Jeff, that's Mike, I think. Well, uh, they've, they've all got the, the Valentine's boys all have three piece suits on. Right. Spanish Johnny has a tie bar. Uh, we talked earlier about Bar-Dexter versus Bar-Sinister, Bar-Dexter being the fashion statement of 1938. These guys have a little bit more flowery ties. That might just be, it could be the fashion of, of the time for the for the flashier folks, but definitely not business attire. And
1: Spanish Johnny even, uh, it looks like in one shot, he's wearing a pocket watch. Of course, he's, I see the chain anyway. Yeah,
0: he's got he's, he's got that young, big very, fob very there.
1: Is it Mike? Is that who catches P V? Yeah, Mike catches PV. Yeah, so he's got uh, he's got a lapel pin of some kind too. I'm yeah, i was yeah, curious as what that uh, what that is. Almost could be a horse or.
0: Don't think it's Kiwanis club. So <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> it, it, the really really weird thing is Alan Arkin. PV's wearing what I thought at first it was a vest, but now I'm starting to believe it's more like a jacket with the sleeves cut off. It's exactly what it looks like. Everybody it's very uh, it has like vests don't typically have lapels. Right. It's got he,
1: lapels. It's got the uh the you know, so sort of the breast pocket and the watch pocket. Yeah. Um it's uh
0: it's just a very unusual cut and I I just think maybe it's just something he wears around. Definitely he's not wearing uh good belt and braces he's just wearing the the uh, braces those uh great leather suspenders he's got on they're almost like lederhosen yeah it was big really heavy buckles and everything too for yeah
1: for something like that and who knows maybe uh maybe he had a suit coat and just, was it was yeah. wearing at the elbows so he said
0: fine i'll make it a vest yeah <laughs> <laughs> the engineer's solution <laughs> right exactly <laughs> repurposed so uh anyway he's gonna go get a facial on uh, what looks like a great little um, mix of liver and onions there uh <laughs> yeah it really does and <laughs> um, then uh,
1: we were talking earlier about the the uh healthy sized cloves of garlic off to the left there yeah the little, that's gosh she that
0: must be very fragrant when they cook in that place um yeah, no kidding and then we get up to the famous uh the place where cliff gets one of his many names we get up to that uh, that bottle of ketchup which has quite a quite a background but i'll let you <laughs> talk a little bit about that it's,
1: well uh, actually it's uh you know you and i had been talking about this for a while and i i kind of struck out trying to dig in to figure out exactly what that brand was if it was real i came to the conclusion i didn't think that was real uh that it was fictitious but but i would actually throw it back to you jim you you found you uh, well, know actually, what the company of, name is one right
0: our, one of our uh our, our enlightened finheads, Mr. Ziegler, uh, sent us a picture of Belmore ketchup. B e l m o r e ketchup. I can tell you that as a as a long time, long ago. Uh, restaurant worker that is a that is a jar of or a, a bottle of uh, Heinz ketchup I, I, it's an inimitable octagonal shaped bottle and uh, with a with a Belmore label on it and it's spelled uh, the old-fashioned way uh, catsup C-A-T-S-U-P which has kind of been supplanted by the modern K form of ketchup which the, the word comes from uh, Heinz pushing it as a brand name but later turning into a, a normal you know a noun for for that tomato based sauce which uh, I think we talk, we have talked offline about this that the original sauce that this, is, that this came from was a Chinese uh, fish sauce, also popular in Malay, called ket, ketchup or key, ketchup as for hard to hard to pronounce it with all the phonetic <laughs> letters in in multiple you know Wikipedia type pages. It's been around for a couple of thousand years. Arrived in Europe in the 17th century and then uh, became a Tomato-based p- product in the 1860s, Heinz uh, uh, began making ketchup bottles. Actually, originally spelled "cat soup" in 19 or 1867, but by 1880 they changed it to the K-E-T uh, spelling.
1: But when did uh, when did that really in in sort of the vernacular? When did we really just stop saying "cats altogether? Because I don't recall even in my lifetime ever really hearing anybody,
0: I, everybody I pronounce m- it that way. I remember as a very little kid having Del Monte ketchup. I remember seeing that in stores, but I think by the 1980s, at least from what I've been reading online as to frequencies of advertising, that ketchup kind of took its Removed uh, cat soup from the uh, vernacular about 1980. That the crossover point seems to be 1977. If you want to get down to the details (laughs) of where where we're all about, right?
1: It's spelled with a K, baby. That's the way we go. That's that's what it is. I'm just fascinated by the fact that we took something that was made out of fish, and somebody said, "I have an idea." (laughs) <laughs> Instead of using fish, let's use tomatoes I mean it's, it's just how yeah, do you get there it's, it's squishy
0: and gooey too. we can just you know but we still i mean we still use right. uh, we still use fish sauce we just call it Worcestershire that's made out of uh i think someone told me that the Leon Perrins Worcestershire sauce is actually made out of at least nine anchovies in every bottle
1: and and yet they don't use that as a selling point yeah, <laughs> there's at least nine dead fish in this bottle or your money back
0: yeah, it's one of those things that you find out you go really that's tr- one of the one of the bigger ingredient things that surprised me was the fifth ingredient in a1 steak sauce which I, I never would have guessed and any idea just just off the
1: i off the cuff i would i would guess uh well given our track record today it's either fish or tomatoes but, ah. but i I think it's a, I think it's a trick question so uh, i'm gonna go with popcorn Ooh, good one <laughs>
0: but no close uh, it's it's round but actually the fifth ingredient is grapes really they use grapes in uh in a1 steak sauce so you're you're eating kind of a jelly uh, it it it's basically ketchup with grapes in it is is what well, makes up most yes. of the uh, A1 steak sauce. <laughs> you always make so. it sound so
1: appealing, Jim. <laughs> 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 Note to self: uh, pass on the condiments at Jim's house for dinner. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Just bring your own. More fish? Is that <laughs> what this is? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so uh, anyway, this doesn't help uh, poor Peavy anymore, who's about to have his uh, starboard side <laughs> tanned. And uh, you know, Cliff reaches for that bottle of ketchup. He gets a, a man with a pistol with his finger on the trigger in his ear, saying right. "naughty, naughty boy." Although the only thing that would really give him would be a punctured eardrum, I think at that point.
1: Yeah, and you you'd get uh, you get a, a minor ding when the uh, when the shell popped out. Although that's <laughs> true, yeah.
0: Shell probably well, and yeah, no, other
1: shell would eject to the right, so never mind; it would go oh, the okay. other direction. So.
0: Yeah, well, in the way this guy's holding his gun, it would probably pop up in the air and then burn the back of his hand. Right, exactly. Skeets and Goose are looking on and just thinking that they're never going to get their hamburgers now. Right. <laughs> right. They look helpless. Yeah, there's my lunch. Ugh. And uh, beloved character actress Margot Martindale is just <laughs> crying through this whole thing. She's, gosh, she's a treasure. I really... yeah. I just love her, and I love her outfit. It's just like three different curtains that have... I was just going to
1: use that very word, three different kinds of curtains.
0: Yeah, it it looks like the uh, third third runner-up uh, for a sewing contest at the state fair <laughs> just right. the style of sewing that they do it's kind of like needlepoint that that's done with the uh, and the name escapes me now the, the collar there the uh, oh all the little detail work around the collar the yeah i want to say it's, i want to say it's smocking but i'm not sure if that's the correct word but there is a type of thing i think it's called smocking that that does i'm sure we'll have calls and letters and angry pro- don't you know what that's called but it's that type of uh, fancy filigree work on a on dresses that i i see this at the the Texas State Fair is is held near my home every October, and there's dozens of these things that people still wear. So they, you know, it's, it's an active craft. Um, and Jeff's just being plain old mean to poor, poor old Millie. Um, yeah, no kidding. As you said,
1: she is uh, she's so lovable. Yeah. In this uh, in this role in particular, and you just you just feel the the tension of everybody in the room. You, you mess with any of us, but boy, as soon as they're manhandling her, you just you want to jump through the screen and and uh, and start uh, throwing punches or you know hanging ones on people's kissers that sort yeah, of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then we come to what uh, narrative strategists call the simple turn, where we have this high stress environment, everything's right. going on. When all of a sudden, Spanish Johnny and his zoom eyeballs, yes. uh, <laughs> notice the eight six seven five three zero nine on the wall. It's, yeah, we uh, go
1: right into him, don't we? He yeah, just, or it, yeah. In, in this he, case, he, he comes up, into us.
0: Yeah, he, he's he's doing. They're both they're both leaning forward for like a kiss or something. It just, right. but uh, it turns out that Lady Luck has left a gigantic heart with. Over here is a clue, and uh, her exactly. phone number: Hollywood One Six O Three. She's ready to ready to receive a call from uh, from any gangster who wanders into a bar, yeah, exactly. or Into whoever, a diner. Whoever wants it. <clears throat> but that looks. Uh, I would have, was going to guess that that was. Cliff's
1: writing, but then again, well, yeah, that's true. When you, uh, yeah, when he holds up, uh, when Spanish Jenny holds up the picture, Jenny has proper, you know, girl cursive. cursive.
0: Yeah, and she's also, her her arrow goes the other way. Oh, it sure does, too. Her heart was hit by an arrow, not by being backstabbed by an arrow. Right, it goes up and through. So that would be. So is that is that is that uh, Cliff that wrote the name the number on the wall?
1: I would sure think so. Or he can he wrote it and can remember it and everything else. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's interesting too. You mentioned the number was Hollywood, and and you know that. Goes back. Almost before our time or pretty close, uh or maybe just a bit before our time
0: when the, I, the last stage changes? I, I, I had I had that. I was Did you? It's old enough for me, yeah. I had E L four I lived in Elizabeth, New Jersey and my okay. number was E L four. I can remember when it switched over. Nowadays it that's when people had to remember numbers. Nobody nobody has to remember Right, and yeah, nobody even has to remember them anymore. Yeah.
1: Anyway, we've, so we've got I, I, HO I, for Hollywood. Uh, we see a lot of Hollywood numbers here. We never did find what uh, – there's. Uh, to the right of that, there's HE7823.
0: Which I – I may be misremembering this, but if I remember Henderson something, if you use that, it was similar to the five 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 that you saw in later movies, where it's, ah, it, it went nowhere. There wasn't anybody to call it that number. Uh, the, the other one they typically used for five five for five 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 was Klondike five. That oh sure, KL five, KL five, yeah. KL5, yeah. Um, I I do notice that Queen of Angels is there. Just in case you wanted to send Wilmer some flowers, right? Uh, Queen of Angels, then Police and Fire are both written down, and the YMCA. YMCA. And, uh, if you had a boat landing as well, there was there was a little yeah. a little place if if you needed to land land yeah. you know land at sea. And there's a tiny
1: heart down on the lower left, uh, a much smaller one uh, next to somebody named Brad. Ah. So who knows who was calling Brad? Maybe that's Millie's suitor. That
0: could be. And there's um, a four leaf clover, which is uh, also featured on. Uh, on Cliffs GB, so right. maybe that's another part of Lady Luck that, that he was thinking about using. That, that might have been the earliest part of where he was going to come up with ideas for his nose art.
1: Right. And then there's a number there, too, for Airways Registration, another AG mm. exchange.
0: Just in AG, case you want to get another NX number for your... Uh... I, I guess so, yeah.
1: <laughs> and then speaking of airplanes, there's a nice little doodle there of uh, of a racer. It's uh, oh, By the yeah. number 44, then t- to me, that immediately makes me think and of the uh, Waddell-Williams 44. But this is not a radial engine. This is an inline engine, an inverted inline engine. So.
0: Am I missing that? But he, it looks like he has a tail gunner thing. I mean, it just looks like... See, I, I read that as a scarf scarf it's okay. like a heroic yeah. it's an a, open yeah.
1: cockpit thing it's a heroic white scarf sticking back anyway we're gonna have to yeah. into that a little bit further and see if we can figure out uh what yeah. that was mm-hmm. number 44 is the waddell williams 44 if I remember we see a replica of that it looks very similar to the traveler mystery ship i'm trying to recall oh, okay. it seems like we get a blinker you miss it look at a replica of the waddell williams in one of the hangars or on their ramps at santa maria it's been it's been a little bit now but uh, regardless that's a similar thing but this uh, whoever drew this if they knew their airplanes wasn't trying to draw radial engine airplanes the propeller would be right vertically would be centered at the nose of the airplane instead of up there at the top so this looks like it looks a little bit like that cadrone it looks uh, although with open cockpit looks like any number of things it's a little bit like Orion from the cockpit forward but a different tail
0: this could be a a Dave Stevens thing because he we we know there'll be future minutes where we talk about different things that he actually Painted or drew uh, sure. that was that was in this movie that he just had a lot of spare time while he was sitting around. He was like, "I can do that." So right, he could have just, just run up there and sketched something.
1: Yeah. You know, before we uh, before we zoom in too tight on the message board, there's uh, off to the right. There's a nice little framed. I'm going to guess this would be like a certificate of participation sort of thing.
0: Oh, the national, the yeah. national
1: air races. Yeah, it's 1936, and then you've got the winged figure that's Icarus the, the there, Icarus. Yeah. and that's right off the front of the Thompson Trophy that we've talked about. Yeah, wow. So. P- that little bit of uh, that design there is is the same. That was their logo at the time. If you look at uh, like programs for the National Air Races right around this time frame, the mid mid and late thirties, you'll see uh, you'll see that same figure, that same logo, and everything. So that's quite appropriate.
0: One thing I've been trying to find out, and I can't, and I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, but I have been unable to confirm it online. There is a second lock on that payphone if you look at the, the the original lock for that payphone is in the center of the payphone. oh sure
1: and then there's one off and to the, the
0: right and i think the, the the one to the right is a cylinder lock which is you need yeah. a special kind of key I believe that that is an anachronism. I think those particular types of locks weren't available until the uh, mid-1950s. So this may be an upgraded phone that they got from Salvage.
1: Yeah, that very well could be. Those uh, cylinder locks, I always associate those, complicated and boring reasons, I associate those with access panels on elevators. A lot of elevators use those, and uh, for reasons better left undiscussed, I at one point had had one of those little cylinder lock keys like that, so I can... You can picture just how it works. How the, uh, as you said, just a cylinder that goes in as you would expect and then rotates just like any other key.
0: Yeah, it's, it's clever. It's also difficult to pick. So Right. Uh, and you, you'd find them on a lot of uh, vending machines later on in the 50s and 60s and, and even to today. Sure. But I, I think that that's this phone is a salvage phone admittedly it's a candlestick type phone it has the separate speaker and uh earpiece but that i have a feeling that just they, they didn't have time to get rid of that portion of it or they figured nobody would be looking at a movie like this at a frame by frame rate so i right. bother getting rid of it yeah, exactly if and, if we're down to that level it doesn't it doesn't really matter i i give them a pass
1: and as uh as i understand it the cost to use this payphone at the time would have been a nickel because it seems like it was payphone calls were five cents for a very very long time and then it was it was big a big big deal when they started changing to 10 and then 25 yeah. and things but you notice that we're you know they're ready to support longer phone calls or even long distance by accepting up to a quarter of this machine
0: yeah it's beautiful just seeing those. It, 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 the funny thing is is that this is going to be part of you know, a lost piece of civilization as phone, pay phones were kind of disappearing everywhere. Right. I was in uh, well, uh what used to be the Pan Am building a few years ago, which is now the MetLife building in uh, Manhattan. And I can remember as a kid being there being like dozens in the neighborhood of like 30 to 40 phone booths and uh, the area where they had them in, the phones were gone and the uh, booths themselves were left behind. So there was just this pile of squares where the... Where the phones used to hang. It's kind of I understand why but, you know it doesn't it doesn't need to be there because everybody has a cell phone, but it's just kind of it's just a weird piece of normal life that is no longer normal life and it's just you know it's, it's gone the way of buggy whips and such so
1: right and it is something i you know and I, I saw a payphone somewhere not too long ago and you see you you don't give it a thought and then so you do a double take thought, wait is that is that really a payphone does it really still does it still work does it
0: exist how much do they cost yeah yeah
1: exactly and i remember too probably about 10 years ago when uh like, my cell phone died and and had some car trouble or something. I needed to call call home and, you know, found a payphone. They were more prevalent then, but I was still already pretty used to the world of cell phones. And I struggled mightily with it because I, I couldn't even figure out how to get the thing to work and how much money I needed. <laughs> I didn't really have any change, but there was a way to do it with a card and... And it was it was exhausting. I should have just walked home. It would have been easier. Yeah, it,
0: yeah. It, it's funny. I, was, I can recall watching a, a AT and about 1990. I want to say 1993 or 94. They had produced a series of commercials of the future of what the future would be like. It was uh, hosted by Tom Selleck was the voice of it. And oh, right. They, okay. they were showing all these different things about what the future was going to be like, and they got a, a lot of things right. They had things like you know toll booths that you'd have a you'd have a radio pet on you know, RF that would stick on your windshield and you could fly through a toll booth at full speed without, you know, they, they, you wouldn't have to stop. And they got that right. But there were a couple of things that they got wrong was that you could, you'd be able to order uh, concert tickets from a payphone. And what you had to do is you had to like walk up to a payphone and type stuff in on a little screen that was on a modern payphone. I was thinking, well, no, you, you just stay home. You would either put it on your computer or bring up your, the phone that's in your pocket and type it. Right. In. Or if it you ended, don't want to do
1: that, you just use your watch.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Dick Tracy would be able to get something. The, exactly. the end of it was uh, showing that you could send a fax from the beach, and <laughs> and it's like, so you have to bring a pad of paper with you, and and, on, and basically the fellow has this little little computer thing, a little fax machine with that runs on batteries, and he had to pull out a big antenna to <laughs> feed a piece of paper. In the sand on the beach, and it just—it's it, in, it's interesting to see how, what they got right and what they got wrong. But That's always amazing.
1: I re- always remember uh, 2010 Odyssey Two, you know, sequel to 2001: A Space Odyssey, came out in uh, 1984, and of course now takes place in the past, which is hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. And uh, Roy Scheider is on the beach uh, with an Apple two C that uh, was—he's got this sort of design prototype of what apple was planning on doing and that was going to be a portable lcd screen that you could snap into the thing yeah and it would look a little bit like you know what we think of now as a laptop but as far as i know that was never that was never produced and of course to us you know it's this clunky heavy black and white <laughs> thing and it's just you know by the 90s it was it looked ridiculous and of course yeah. by real 2010 it was uh it was well, absurd uh, but we're still uh, not uh, orbiting jupiter
0: yeah and i do remember the uh in that there was one scene where he was checking the orbit of uh, what happened with Discovery oh yes and, and you he checked lo- the orbit later yeah <laughs> he was looking at he was looking at this gigantic CRT screen that you could probably get a tan with yes. yeah, it was just this monstrous <laughs> box <laughs> It's like they, they they tried. The funny thing was is that the, the futuristic stuff in 2001 looked more futuristic than the stuff that was in 2010.
1: Yeah, and in 2010 they tr- they made it. I, I I think they had they had more to extrapolate from in terms of sort of day to day technology and things, and so they were trying to maybe sort of make it more reasonable. But uh,
0: yeah, they 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 didn't know that that people would have iPads like Dave Bowman had. Right. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, you can't can't pick on the past they tried their best
1: oh absolutely 2010 would be a fun minute by minute podcast to do but and 2001 would be fascinating except for that one big part about two-thirds of the way through then i don't know what we'd do
0: (laughs) yep it's still weird yeah it's look at that it's blue (laughs) yes Yes, now it's yellow now it's
1: orange (laughs) tune in tomorrow
0: for more colors (laughs) the
1: 2001 minute
0: Wow, but we're still in the, we're still in 1938, where vanished uh, Johnny has just made his simple turn in the in the, in the narration. Where we don't have to, <laughs> turns out we don't have to grill peavy. We've You're just right, discovered exactly. we've discovered where the dish lives, Yeah, we
1: can have the liver and onions hold the peevee.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly so uh it looks like uh skeets and goose are going to be getting their uh, their dinner after all well uh, (laughs) as long as these boys uh kind of clear out Uh, but we'll have to see as we end this one minute with a great great picture of uh, of cliff looking shocked and surprised at this new turn of events that they know who jenny is Right. Now, as we as we move in
1: on him, as he's he's turning his head, he just has that,
0: uh, is he, he, Billy's got
1: this expressive face. And I, I suppose that's a ridiculous understatement to say about somebody who's a talented
0: actor. There's just something about, he also, you read everything he, into it. He also does that. That thing that the uh, the, assist, the assistant director explained about acting is that he's acting like he's not acting. Exactly, <laughs> so, and he's doing yes. a, he's doing a very good job yes. of it. So we're going to have to leave Billy here as the uh, or, or Cliff here as we uh, we wonder what what happens next and what kind of nefarious turn Spanish Johnny will get to find out more about Lady Luck, uh, but we'll pick that up a little bit more uh, tomorrow. Uh, For folks who are interested in talking with us some more about this stuff, we are always available at the usual locations. We're on social media at Twitter, Rocketeer Minute. We are on... Facebook uh, facebook.com slash Rocketeer minute the big site Rocketeerminute.com you can catch up on all the previous episodes go to iTunes go to Google Play type in Rocketeer minute and if you hit if you hit search and then subscribe you'll get us hot and fresh every day uh, also if you're uh, going to be in Chicago this is in 19 in 2017 so if you're going to be in Chicago and it's still in the future and not in the past, <laughs> Please join us August twenty sixth at Movies by Minutes Chicago. We have uh, lots of details. Go to the, go to our main website rocketeerminute.com, dot com or go to Movies by Minutes dot com, and you can catch up on all the other shows that are going to be there. It's a lot of people coming. Meet us really in the flesh and find out how we really talk without editing. <laughs> so. Exactly join us there. Also, if you're in uh, the Oshkosh, Wisconsin area, uh, you and 500,000 of your best friends will also be at uh, Air Ventures. Is it still are you still able to go get tickets? Is that is that a thing or are you guys sold oh, out yet? No,
1: absolutely. You can always uh, you can always get in. There's always room for people. The uh the only thing that uh that can sometimes fill up is the fly-in general aviation camping, and that's usually only only for a shorter periods. Like sometimes on Wednesday morning, Wednesday of, of the week is a high turnover day for us. So sometimes the airport will be full uh, for fly-in camping. There's always uh, there's always room for tent and drive-in and RV camping. The the only challenging overall challenging part if you're not camping at this point is finding a place to stay. Any you know any most of the hotels within. You know, within a half hour, have been sold out for a year or so. But uh, there's a will, there's a way.
0: The nearby states of uh, Minnesota and Illinois would be happy to put you up for while you drive in. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And what are are the dates, by the way, for Air Adventure?
1: Uh, July 24th through 30th this
0: year. Okay. Well, uh, please join join us at one of these locations in the in the center tier of states, but we'll be all around there uh, this summer. And if uh, if you if it's already passed, then we're sorry, we missed you. But we'll be back next year. So keep. (laughs) Absolutely, but uh, we—I know—we'll be back here tomorrow. So please join us here Thursday on the Rocketeer Minute. So until next time, over and out.